From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. And here we are rocking it for another edition of the Automotive ADHD Show, heard around the world as a podcast and on the radio on 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley, Matt West here. And also with someone joining me, Wesley Kagan, my guest on the show. Wesley, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Now, Wesley Kagan, uh, many of my listeners already know who you are. You require no introduction. I require some introduction, I, I feel like. For, I, I, <laughs> for the folks who require the introduction, I have prepared one. Now, Wesley is a YouTuber. You have the plaque on the wall, the I, YouTube subscriber plaque. That's what they tell me. Yep, you've got that. You've got almost 200,000 subscribers. Is that right? Yeah, plus or minus. Well, minus, but yeah. Minus some. <laughs> you, you, you could just say plus or minus. That leaves it a little vague leaves there. Leaves it a little bit vague. Leaves a little vague. Um, and of course, you do some really fun engineering projects. You've built Koenigsegg free valve on a Miata. Yep. You have the tube car, which is sitting next to us for... The people joining us on video, and as a reminder, you can tune into the show on video, YouTube, and Rumble. We are in the 20th century, at least with the video technology right. now. At least the 20th century. And the benefit of watching on video is you get to see me in the short chair that I found in the backseat of my Porsche. So, it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sitting up here, and he's, he's down here. Um, as Looks e great. As yeah. every guest should be on the show. Absolutely. Um, yep. Guest gets the low chair. So... <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. That's good. Now you've done a lot of different things. Of course, you've done YouTube. I've known yeah. you for years. I mean, years. going all the way back to school. I mean, yep. uh, we came from the same small town. And of course, if you're listening to this on ninety one point seven KLZR, you may also know Wesley as well. Yeah, you probably went to high school with me, and I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I started out doing being a car YouTuber, and then I transitioned into doing more engineering projects, and now I float somewhere in the middle of it and sometimes do coffee tables, too. So Yeah, yeah, real quick, real quick. Break down the uh, the coffee table. This is interesting. I know this is a car show, right? Bear with me, but this is a very cool coffee table. It's a uh, V12 out of an M... Uh, it's an M137 V12 out of a 2001-2002 S600 Mercedes. Um, in addition to being an automotive YouTuber, I guess, uh, I buy a lot of cars that nobody else wants, and a lot of people have turned down five or six times, and then I buy them, unfortunately, and uh, some of them turn into coffee tables. Some of them are still running. Most of them turn into coffee tables sometimes, but yeah, no, I started this project because I was tired of it taking up space in my shop, and... That's a good reason. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you a, need... What, what are you going to do, sell it? No, exactly. No, it, no. it ran and drove. What am I going to do? Continue letting it run and drive? No way. You got to just turn it into furniture. So, I like uh, yeah. I like that. That's good. <laughs> it works out well. Yeah. But. Now, with the uh, with the coffee table, you you did a video on that. That, yeah. is, that is up on your YouTube now. Um, now, break down real quick. I know we mentioned at the top of the show, we mentioned a little bit about the free valve. We mentioned a little bit about the tube car. We're going to go into a little more depth on that those now you joined me about a year ago on the show i did and yep. uh, last time it was remote you were uh, remoting into the show i was in colorado now we are both in arizona in your humble abode this nice little warehouse you've got here in my very echoey warehouse it's very nice and not possible to light at all 
No, as we've discovered, um, this uh, this warehouse just sucks the light light up for some reason. No idea why. And uh, it's a nice warehouse, though. You've got again, you know, for the benefit of the viewers on video, if you're listening, well, you should you should be watching uh, because two are right here. Your left, my right. Uh, the behind other, us the yeah, other right. somewhere somewhere back there the other right um we've got the tube car here so the tube yeah. car is has seen a couple of iterations kind of tell me a little bit about where it started where the idea started and how is it now here in some more parts than i last saw it in <laughs> so i bought um in the beginning of 2020 um i bought a porsche boxster and then nothing else of importance in 2020 happened um during the nothing else of importance. I ended up uh, taking that car apart and building a open wheel race car because at that point in time I had uh, kind of fallen in love with the Lotus Forty Nine. Okay. Uh, yep. yep. The uh, Jim Clark's Lotus Forty Nine, and I loved the idea of the classic style of the Formula One car that was just classic in every single way. And I went out to build one and. I learned a lot of things along the way, and in this second iteration that I'm putting together, it becomes, you know, uh, I fix a lot of the things that I thought were issues going into the first one and turned out to be very big issues with the first one. Um, but the at the end of the day, the design principles of it were the Lotus 49, and um, while it looks kind of something like that... If, if I squint really hard, I can see it. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. And a lot of the things I learned, I learned how to design suspension recently, which was an important thing to do probably before I built the car, but uh, I, I learned that a little bit after the fact. So uh, we're putting a little bit more power into the car. We're giving it a six little more, bit more yeah. power. There's six more <laughs> cylinders. I don't know if it's coming out on the camera here because the camera's pointed at our lovely faces and not the exactly. engine back there. Um, but um, that's a V12. Um, you've got individual throttle bodies on it. It's an M120 V12 out of a 1995 Mercedes S600. I, I just have a general collection of uh, big V12s that uh, uh, are surprisingly affordable for those of you who want a project, um, if you work on them yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think anybody wants to work on a... Um, there's pay, pay one of those at a dealer now? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. There, now... There is 48 valves buried in there, and um, all of them are way too complicated. But it does run. It does. Um, it does go vroom at the end of the day, and that's really what you got to sign up for. That, um, that is good. Now, those individual throttle bodies come off of a Hayabusa, yes. Yeah, yeah, they come off of a. I think it's like an 05 Hayabusa, and they are the same throttle bodies. I built a set uh, a few years back for the um, M137 that is now a coffee table. And the Hayabusa throttle bodies have always done well because they match the diameter, uh, usually, of the intake port of those engines quite well. Okay. So okay. It's, a, it's a very streamlined process. You just have to put them together in a way that it's, A, structurally sound, and B, um, not completely falling apart and doesn't fall apart when there's a whole lot of air running through them and a whole lot of vibration and everything like that. Uh, and then a full set of custom tube headers on it and everything else is bone stock okay now I, you you built those headers i built those headers Those headers look very nice thank you they they are shiny and uh that's i i like that about them yeah nice <laughs> nice so so that's gonna be how how much power difference for for the listeners um between what the engine was in it before which was a porsche engine a, a flat yeah. six which 
yep. met an untimely demise. It did. It, um, it, it uh, misses a rod bearing a little bit right now. Yeah. Okay. Only one? Uh, oh, eh, plus or minus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. power difference here. You've got a car that weighs, what do you think? 1,300 pounds-ish. 1,300. I, I thought, I, and I always think my cars are light because I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's 2,300 pounds. That's 1,000 pounds less than what we normally think of as a light car. Sure. I don't have air conditioning, though, or uh, yes, leather. Yes, you do. It's, it's open. Yeah, or leather seats. Uh, I barely have a seat, um, let alone multiple. Okay. Um, it, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, especially in the new iteration, we get a little bit more room, a little bit more tech book put into it as well. You've, and you've lengthened the, the wheelbase. Lengthened the wheelbase, but... Well, actually, the wheelbase is about the same, but the car overall is a little bit longer to get a little bit more aerodynamics on the front to help keep the nose down. Okay. And shifted the engine a little bit further forward to try and get that 50-50 weight balance, although the uh, contact patch of the tire and just getting the power to stick to the ground mm. were about double. To really? answer the question in the longest way possible, we're about double the power and double the torque through the same transmission, so there's... There's already a crack uh, in the transmission, you told me. Already a crack in the transmission. Okay. Um, we might be changing transmissions as well. Uh, Is the goal to make the crack bigger? I think so. At the end of the day, I think um, the more pieces that the car is in, the better. Uh, and then you just kind of duct tape it back to one one part, one large part. Um, that transmission was also missing second gear on the Porsche, now that I think about it. Uh, that car never had second gear. So, yeah, no, it's great. Um, you, you got V12 torque now. You clearly don't need second don't gear. Don't need second gear. Started in third. Yep. And it's a car, so it's 1,300 pounds. Yep. It's a V12. And yep. power-wise, what do you think? 400 horsepower, 450? Well, what do you think on that? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, that engine made about 400 uh, horsepower, 400 pound-foot of torque from the factory. I think it's a little, I think it's like 385. Um, I put ITBs on it, and Fair I also enough. put uh, open headers on it. She can breathe a lot better. Uh, you know, I opened it up, ported the intake a little bit. It's breathing a lot better. That was also so many years ago, you right, know, and right. that engine has 95,000 miles in an S-Class sitting at 1,200 RPM idling around everywhere. Um, if it made stock horsepower now, 25 years later, I would be pretty happy. Okay. Seven years later, however long 1995 ago was ago, I yeah, <laughs> some time ago, and some so ago. and 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 again, so it's in a chassis that's light. So this yeah. is a, this is a fun project. Obviously, I'm looking at here the um, inboard suspension that you've got going on there. That's very cool. Pushrod suspension on everything. Um, I changed the pushrod suspension actually quite a bit on this. Uh, getting away from having a few different conflicting angles. Okay. Um, this design pushed it in as well as back, which I lost a little bit of my suspension travel there. The uh, the new suspension actually just works a little bit better on allowing that to actuate the way that it needs to and having a sway bar that matches the profile of the car a little bit better, as well as narrowing up the rear so I don't have just six inches of upper control arm on the backside of that car. You know, it... Uh, just some design choices, some design mistakes to go through and fix a lot of that. It, uh, it, it, it's better. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, now again, my guest is Wesley Kagan, entrepreneurial YouTuber, engineer, 
engineerer. Engineer. Engineerer. I, I pretend to be an engineer sometimes. I the, think that's. This is this is engineering. Is. This is engineering. I like it. Now again, Wesley is my guest right here on the Automotive ADHD Show. Of course, you are listening on 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back. We're going to talk about Barrett Jackson. We were there earlier this week. We're going to talk about some of your other projects next, right here. At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast, from driving, working, sleeping, and eating. Someone help! He's choking! This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft, child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yep, that was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell, we even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now. Download the show early and receive special perks. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fasting. All right. I love that car sound. Of course, that car sound is courtesy of Artem. Uh, I'm playing one from the vault. That was that TVR Cerbera I played uh, last week on the show as well, which just shows my, my laziness in finding other car sounds to play. <laughs> I just already had that one queued up, so I said, you know what, we'll go for it, and it's a great car sound. It Artem, works. Artem, thank you for sending uh, that uh, into the show. Uh, now, of course, my guest joining me on the show for the whole show today, Wesley Kagan, YouTuber, engineer, entrepreneur. We went to, we're in his shop right now. Um, just coming back from, uh, Barrett Jackson of all things. Barrett Jackson on Saturday was, uh, nice and crowded. It was a lot of people there. It was quite, <laughs> it was quite the event. Now, not yeah. the first time either of us have done Barrett, but probably the first time in maybe five years. First time in a couple of years. Yeah. I, um, you know, I live uh, about 20 minutes from it and I generally don't go every single year, which, um, I actually don't know why. <laughs> I, I truly don't. <laughs> I mean, you're uh, right there with it. I'm right there with it. Uh, I find that the car shows and stuff surrounding Barrett-Jackson, um, the amount of people that brings it to town, the town, uh, it, Phoenix, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big city. A town. Um, the amount of people it brings into the city really helps uh, and really makes cars and coffee uh, really cool and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of good activity around the town that's not necessarily Barrett-Jackson. But yeah, we went this year. Yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, there were a lot of different vendors we saw that were interesting, and um, there were some really interesting cars we saw too. And there was. what I found fascinating: so you have the cars outside under tents that are normally the cars throughout the week. Yeah. The weekend is when you get the million dollar cars and things yep. like that. But I some of the most interesting cars, in my opinion, my sort of twisted view of the automotive world. It wasn't the, you know, split window Corvettes and stuff they were keeping inside. Yeah. It was the weird stuff. It was that Volvo P1800 outside. There was... Yep. Um, uh, the, the presidential limo the, type stuff. Yep. You know, and, uh, uh, George uh, Bush's presidential limo. is like 2006. Yeah, the fully bulletproof Mercedes, which I absolutely need personal protection package on whatever I drive now. I think it would be fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. 
nobody's nobody's trying to come after me, but you know, it would, it's, it's just just good to know. Yeah, it's good to have that in your pocket. Did you see um, anything that caught your eye aside from the bulletproof Mercedes? The bulletproof Mercedes was, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed um, seeing some of the some of the cars that I've had over the years. Not exactly, but uh, cars I shouldn't have sold. <laughs> Cars I should have hung on to. Selling cars sucks because you always kind of wish you had it yeah. afterward. Yep. There was a uh, 1970. I had a 1970 Plum Crazy Purple Duster for a while uh, back back in high school mm-hmm. that yeah. I um, should have never sold. And there was one there in almost the exact same configuration that I had. Uh, and you know, it makes you really miss the car. Yeah. Uh, I love the oddball stuff, but I still have a soft spot for those old Mopars. I that, really do. Yeah. And that one was really nice. It was uh, beautiful. Some yeah. other, other things that were entertaining and interesting. I liked that old, it was a what, 70 series Land Cruiser. Land Cruisers are great. It was very cool. Yep. Um, then inside they had the Amphicar. They had an Amphicar. They had an Amphicar. Yeah. And, and what was funny about that. So I, I posted a picture of that on my, uh, Instagram here. Yeah. And uh, I I don't ever plug my Instagram on the show. I suppose I could. I'll plug my Instagram. Do it. You no. you first. It's it's Wesley Kagan. I'm I, I'm boring about that. Wesley yeah. Kagan. No. My, mine's almost as boring. At Sir Matt West sounds a little more pretentious. Just a yeah, tiny bit. A little bit. I, I am a sir of nothing, but I put it in front there. Well, you got to plug the Instagram. It's uh, influencer influencer culture is great. <sighs> yep. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Got to pay the bills, which we don't do here in radio. And, and, I, I don't, I don't make Insta- anything. I was <laughs> so. just going to say, and Instagram makes me no money. <laughs> yep. So it works out. Well, uh, <laughs> one of my commenters on the on the Instagram, and I told them, I have to steal this. I hope you're okay with it. Okay. I put up a picture of the Amphicar, uh, which if you're watching the video, it'll be here in the um, in the video as well. And uh, But I put up a picture of the Amphicar, and they said, um, and here, I just got to... I just got to pull it up. We're uh, we're full of the show prep here. I haven't actually pulled it up yet. Um, they said 100% what the invisible boatmobile from SpongeBob would look like if Absolutely. it wasn't invisible. Absolutely. <laughs> I that was that was the best way. I have never heard someone describe the Amphicar so eloquently as that. That was truly truly what it was. My understanding of the Amphicar is that um, it did both. It did neither well. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a jack of all trades, but a master, master of none. none. Yeah. And it's an interesting looking little car. It's an interesting car from an interesting time period, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, and Kennedy owned one. Yes. Uh, John F. Kennedy, not Ted Kennedy. Actually. A. Kennedy? One of the Kennedys? I think you should probably cut that joke. I don't know if a Ted, <laughs> is it too early for a Ted Kennedy floating car joke? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's staying in. We don't, we don't cut anything. It's staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's staying in. This that's send, how the show goes. Please send the hate mail uh, for all of the. Please send the hate mail to somebody. I'm sure you can send it to me. That's fine. There we go. He'll you can, forward you it. can send it in with uh, along with your car sound, so I can play those on the radio. There we go. And uh, that's um, that's what I do exactly. Um, but you know, it's a fascinating car, and like I love oddball cars like that. Yeah. Like I I I dearly love just um, cars that in no way should have gotten the funding that they did, but they did somehow, and it's fantastic. Well, those are the most interesting cars from a yep. historical standpoint, from an engineering standpoint. 
um, from sometimes cards that didn't, they didn't have the money to make them work, but they did anyway. So they had to get creative. And I, and, I respect that. And, you know, it's like the Cadillac XLR there that had a gigantic chrome nose to look like the old blower Bentleys. Yeah. Um, had some kind of Duesenberg vibes to it a little yeah. bit, too. You know, the fake exhaust coming through the fender. You know, Should anybody, I, I will be the first to say that I love everything about that, but I know I shouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's a car I want to drive, but I don't, as, and you said this too, you yep. don't want to be seen driving. I, that I would car. love to drive that car. I do not want to be seen driving that car. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so you drive that one. It's a convertible. So paper bag over the head. Yep. All day. Cuts my holes. Call it a day. Yeah. Yep. So now at the rest of Barrett, we didn't see, I was surprised we didn't see anything too expensive. The most expensive thing we ran across uh, now we weren't there from, you know, dusk till, till dawn. We were there for a good chunk of the afternoon, but sure. the most expensive thing was a Ford Thunderbird for 450 and yeah, change, which know, wasn't groundbreaking necessarily. The Saturday lunch crowd, but I have a feeling, um, as that show picks up and they start running those Ford GTs oh, and yeah. you had an SLR McLaren there, you had uh, a few big cars like that, um, you know, Barry Jackson always has those flagship cars. They uh, they advertise that those those are the big ones that sell um, or big money. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, big money is right. And uh, and I you and know not say and and I want to be clear, not saying that four hundred thousand dollars is not big money, um, but it's absolutely uh, it's absolutely something that's going to be that, fun. We're leaving that in too. Um, that probably came across on the the microphones. We're in a we're in a working warehouse right now. Yeah, with we're in a, stuff and I, people moving things and machines across the way there, and I, uh, that's just part of the ambiance here. Yeah, I I actually do things here, and I also have all of my stuff in here, and it's uh, I can see that, and I filled it. I how I lived in a two car garage for so long, I will never know because I managed to fill up a warehouse just as quick. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Hey, that's 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 uh, that's all about loving cars and yeah. well, spending a lot of money and then having yeah. broken cars still and yep. and uh, yeah, for sure. So now let's talk a little bit. Uh, and again, my guest is Wesley Kagan, YouTuber, engineer, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, give me a rundown real quick on the Koenigsegg Miata. Um, the Koenigsegg Miata project, the Free Valve project, which I talked about which I talked about last time on the show, um, was a project that I did about, has it been two years now? It hasn't been two years. It's it was, been it's, like a it, year and a half. It's been a year since you were on the show yeah. last. Yeah, about a year. So that um, project is, I'm going to say, still on the shelf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, haven't, okay. I haven't been working tirelessly nonstop on it, but I will pull it off the shelf occasionally and tinker with it a little bit. Um, I, you know, I'm at the point on that on that car that I've got it Nine, or I've got that project about 95% of the way where I got it. And I'm just really bad at finishing projects sometimes. And that last 5% of that project just, um, it's tuning things here and there. It's changing parts occasionally. Um, I'm not going to tell anybody to hold their breath that I'm not going to promise that something's coming out on it next week, but it'll, it'll absolutely show up in the future. Um, I loved working on that project. It's a, it's a, uh, it, combined all of the things that I enjoy working on in the automotive field with um, 3D printing, with mm -hmm. the computer controlled, with just kind of the general flow dynamics of how engines work. Right, um, right. But it's absolutely, uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, Koenigsegg's doing it a lot better than me because they have a lot better funding than me. And there's absolutely smarter people there than me working on it. Um, and that's, you know, the best part about it is that I... Uh, <laughs> and you call me an engineer at the beginning of the show. I, I, I'm not an engineer. I, I, I have part of a history degree. Uh, well, yeah, but, I, I but you, see, you see, I say that because this stuff just seems to materialize after... I, you're, you have some tools for a little bit, you know, a little bit of time, and somehow this stuff just materializes. Yeah, I, you know, you, you know th- there's I, something very cool about that. I just really enjoy working on projects that are uh, tangentially related to engineering, and I just kind of dip my toes into engineering sometimes, and it works out. Hobbyist engineer? Will you take I, that? I'll take that. You'll take that? Yeah. Take that? Fantastic. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's cool. I like the. I do like the Koenigsegg free valve Miata. That's, I do think that Koenigsegg is not selling Miatas. They are um, not, not to my knowledge, no. although if we released some IP there or we released a, a hidden project, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, there, yeah. there you go. And uh, again, that's a really cool, cool concept. If you want to hear more about that concept, we won't go into it in depth here. Um, if you scroll back about a year in the podcast feed, we go in depth about what it is, how the free valve works. And, you know, to give you a, a sneak peek into that, it it doesn't have camshafts, no camshafts no to cam open the shafts. valves. It it has little pneumatic solenoids, pneumatic in this case, yep. solenoids that open and close the valves. And that is very cool because that is the ultimate variable valve timing. It really is. And the, the selling point is, is that you can have a camshaft for every application. Yep. yep. You could push a button and have that big choppy muscle car cam, push another button or just program it on a throttle position map with the ECU. At any point, you could have that. And then you have that nice car cruising around town. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, in Honda's VTEC, you have two positions. Yep. And then some, maybe some variable phase, too. Yep. But this is variable everything. Exactly. And, and that, that's very cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun. So. Yeah. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to take one more break here on the Automotive ADHD Show. It's right here, 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. Now, what we're going to talk about next is 3D metal printing. That is also something you do seriously cool. We're going to talk about that right here after the break. Every day, thousands go without the ability to buy necessary and life-saving parts. Parts like turbos, coilovers, and wheels. I'm Steve, turbocharged BRZ. It doesn't run because I can play with my connecting rod through the hole in my block. Project cars sit unfinished, waiting for parts, collecting dust. My name is Todd, and I bought a rotary. It's okay, bro. We'll uh, swap it. But no more. You, yes, you, can make a difference. More information is available on the Automotive ADHD Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Automotive ADHD. Wait for it. Wait for it. I'm waiting. Here we go. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Uh, that is Tanner's Volvo 164. I know I played it last week. I already explained that that my show prep this week is uh, just playing the same car sounds from last week because they are awesome, not because I am lazy and not because I've also been on the road for a while traveling here to Arizona. So 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have bikes to go ride after this. Yes, so we it, do. We do. So he's, he's, he's telling me we need to get done with the show here I and am. get out of here. We uh, <laughs> Again, my guest is Wesley Kagan, YouTuber, and as he clarified, hobbyist engineer. Yeah, we'll, we'll just stick to that. Hobbyist engineer. <laughs> again, please send the letters to him and he'll filter out the nice ones. Well, uh, I, I'm just going to, they're all, you know, what? They'll, they'll go to me and then back to you. So okay, there we go. We can that share works. the hate mail. And of course, remember to tape your hate mail to a set of uh, Fortunato 500 coilovers before you send it to me. Absolutely. I only ta- accept hate mail with cash donation attached. That's that, that is fair as well. <laughs> a uh, $25 tax deductible gift. I don't know. It's not really tax. I don't deductible. think it's tax. Well, you can try. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not the IRS, so you have fun with that. Yeah, that is um, not financial advice. So before uh, the, before the break, uh, and before we go ride motorcycles, we rented a couple of BMW GS adventure bikes, bikes. to go play around in the desert with. Yeah. And here we are sitting in a warehouse with uh, some microphones, not riding adventure bikes. So that needs to happen soon. Absolutely. Um, but before we go, uh, I promised that we would talk about... 3D printing. Now, you do 3D printing not just in the plastic sense. People think of 3D printing as being exclusively plastic, exclusively mm-hmm. stuff like that. You are able to 3D print in metal and true metal, like stainless steel, everything, right? Absolutely true metal. Uh, so, yeah, I can do stainless steel, Inconel, uh, tool steels, a few things like that. Um, basically, I, I did plastic 3D printing for a actually quite a long time um i've done it i have a tried and true prussia mark three that i've it it uh, i looked at the statistics the other day it has something like three kilometers of filament run through it it's uh wow. yeah there's <laughs> it, it's it's printed a long time okay um, okay and then recently, this uh, this past year, I upgraded to a uh, metal X system that allows me through a three step process to actually three D print metal parts. And there's one sitting over on the counter that I cannot reach. Uh, I, I got it. You keep going. <laughs> there we go. It. I got it. Um, and that. Uh, oh, I lied. It's over. It's over by the. I got it. The, <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyways, I was able to actually through a three-step process, it's still uh, FDM printing, still fused uh, deposition printing. What does that and mean? Explain that real quick. So FDM. basically, it, it extrudes a little layer of plastic, layer by layer, and okay. builds a part up from, uh, from the ground up just at 50 microns per, 50 to 100 microns per, per layer, and starts from the bottom, same as a pl- most plastic printers work. And then, uh, you know, you put it through a chemical bath and put it through a cooking process that actually shrinks the part 25% okay. and forms it into a actual grain-structured steel. That, and you can knock them together, and it sounds like steel. Yeah, here we go. We'll do it on the, on the mic here. It, that, that is a 3D-printed part. Yeah, and it it would even be magnetic if I had a magnet handy. Uh, would, that would not be this because one it's stainless. Oh, this stainless. Um, yeah, not fair. saying all stainlesses aren't magnetic, but I don't believe that one actually is. But um, this is a solid part. Now you said this is what did you say the other day? Like ninety percent, ninety five percent that of a machined part in terms yeah. of strength. Um, depending on what uh, what grade of material you're printing in, um, I can hit about ninety nine point four percent the strength of a three D printed part or a uh, uh, traditionally machined part with the 3D printing. Really? So That's very cool because there are, you know, as we know, there are designs in this world that you couldn't actually machine because of the shape of them. There would be no way to machine something with a 
complex curve on the inside or something like that. A, a machinist would, would tell me I'm wrong here, but yeah. there are some things that you can't machine, and with this, you could print them. Absolutely. I mean, additive manufacturing is truly the future for a lot of things, and I can say that very comfortably because I own a manner additive manufacturing business. Well, uh, and, and I was going to say, this is this is a business you do. You do yeah. this... You do this partially for a living as well. I and, absolutely do. Yeah. And, um, you know, in addition to the YouTube and other stuff like that, uh, granted, a 3D metal printer is not something you go buy on, you know, a hobbyist website. And this was a substantial investment. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a bit of an extensive process to get everything up and running. And it's a bit of an extensive process um, in actually the manufacturing of the parts as well. Um, you don't just get to click a button and everything comes out all, all pretty. Um, but no, it works out. Uh, it works out very well because I'm able to manufacture uh, a lot of things that just wouldn't otherwise be able to be manufactured, and that uh, uh, on the YouTube side, it uh, helps a lot in designing with the race car and stuff. Uh, suspension configurations that per, uh, previously weren't originally available, right? And right. Not having to operate around the uh, constraints of traditional manufacturing with that. That is that is fair. Uh, what are some what are some things that you can do with this? Like, what are some examples of some parts that would be a good candidate to be 3D printed metal-wise? Realistically, any part that has internal geometries that aren't necessarily able to be manufactured, that you can't... Because when you traditionally manufacture a part using a milling machine or a CNC lathe or something like that, or even a five-axis machine, you're still limited by the position on which you can get that tool in to remove that material. Right. By building up the uh, part layer by layer, what it does is it allows those complex internal geometries in turbines, in um, turbine housings to be able to be created without uh, having to be able to get a tool in there and remove that material. Uh, you're able to just build around that material. Um, and that's really uh, the bread and butter of additive manufacturing is to uh, complex geometries that just are too complicated or uh, prohibitively expensive or difficult on traditional CNC manufacturing. That that's very cool. And uh, now, obviously, a lot of use in the aerospace industry. Absolutely, a lot um, of use in that. Well, and uh, the again, it's the same with traditional 3D printing. Um, on the stainless steel parts, I can obviously do solid parts, but the um, the internal structures of 3D printed components, and you could put up a picture of this for the people who are uh, watching on video, um, are still a triangular filled structure. So you actually can create significantly stronger and lighter parts just based on the ge geometries of the parts. Themselves. Right. So, so essentially, um, so essentially, it's not just you know like a flat part that you would machine that is you know say solid metal all the way through. There's a actually like a structure inside of that, Correct. weaved inside of that. And that makes it stronger because Correct. you're able to determine the direction that goes in and all of these different yep. really complicated factors. And depending on the part, it gives you more surface area for the overall strength of the component while in critical applications removing weight. So uh, you can make a part out of steel that's 30 to 35% lighter than a machine component when those grams actually matter. That's cool. That's yeah. actually very cool because that's something you can't do with a machine part at all. Exactly. Even if you were going to replicate a part with 3D printing that you could otherwise machine, yeah. you can still make it lighter and you can make it stronger with the 3D metal printing. Absolutely. And I mean, I encourage anybody to go out. I mean, a 3D printer is one of the tools in my shop that gets used the most, even uh, when I am know I'm going to make a part out of steel using traditional methods. 
it's uh, so handy to have around to do templates, to do stuff like that. Yeah. It's just an incredibly useful tool. And uh, plastic 3D printers have gotten to the point of affordability that, um, yeah, no, it's they've genuinely gotten very affordable even in the past two or three years. Absolutely. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. So 3D metal printing, you've got this going on. You've got yep. the tube car. You've got all I, these other projects. I got, I got projects. What, no what other projects do you have? in the works is there anything i have a few cool metal 3d printing projects with uh i'm going back to the harbor freight engines for a little bit and i have a few super cool things now that uh we're experimenting around with the metal 3d printing and a little bit of topology optimization in small hobbyist engines and let's see if we can get some pieces parts on there a lot lighter internally and uh, yeah, no, we have a, a lot of uh, fun upcoming projects um, planned out this year. So. I, I love it. You can find him on YouTube at Wesley Kagan. You can find him on Instagram also at Wesley, Wesley Kagan. Kagan. He's pretty much Wesley Kagan everywhere. I, I was the first one on the internet, so I got all the cool names. There you go. It's hey, there, <laughs> what good can you do? Is yeah, yeah, there you go. I love it. Uh, subscribe to him on YouTube. Give him a follow on Instagram. Keep up with this stuff because it is really, really cool. Like, you know, I can't think of another person doing some of the neat stuff that you're doing here. And of course, I also appreciate you uh, letting me stay here in Arizona and bug you for a couple of days. And, Anytime. Absolutely. You're, and it's also warm here. It's uh, nice. It's yeah. it's warm. Um, it's been 60 degrees all week. And everywhere I go, people are like, oh, isn't it so cold? And I'm like, I'm from Colorado. I, I just came from Colorado. I don't know what cold it, is. This is summertime to me. It is 62 degrees and I'm in a jacket. So that, uh, yep. I did bring my flip-flops. I did actually bring my flip-flops. I'm not wearing them now, but, but nope. there you go. But all of the Colorado, I'm not accustomed to Colorado anymore. It's 60 and I have a jacket on. Not worth it. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna poke fun when it's 150 down here and yeah. you're I, boiling eggs and stuff on, on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. So, not worth it. There, there you go. <laughs> Wesley, thank you for joining me on yeah, the thanks. show. Thank you for having me. And, of course, thank you for listening to the show. You can find the show wherever uh, fine shows and, I guess, this one are, uh, <laughs> are downloaded. Uh, of course, remember to follow it on YouTube, also on Rumble. Listen to it on the radio Saturday mornings, 91.7 KLZR. If you listen on Spotify, give it a rating. Six stars. Let's blow up Spotify's rating. I see 64 people who only gave it five stars. So um, I think we need to up that. I, I need to download the app that allows me to do six stars. Six stars. Yep. Okay. Yep. We'll we'll get I'll, that one on the road there. I'll, I'll get right on that. Yep. We'll make it work. Thank you for joining me here. And thank you for listening to the Automotive ADHD Show. Automotive ADHD Show.